God, you are our strength. Strength like no other. There's no power beyond yours. We give you the glory and the praise and thank you for helping us to make it through another week. You know what happened behind the scenes. You know what incidents we experienced. But we thank you, God, that we are standing here right now. Pray that you bless us as we proclaim your word. Anoint us afresh. Use us as an instrument this morning. We yield ourselves to you. Speak to us and through us, and we give you all the glory and the praise. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14 will be our reading. We have men's day celebration, but this passage of Scripture is good for us as children of God. It would be 9 through 14, even though your handout may say 10 through 12. The context is necessary for us in our reading. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in knowledge, the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering and joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of his inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. May the Lord bless reading and hearing of his holy word. Amen. Repeat after me, partakers of the inheritance. Partakers, you may be seated, partakers of the inheritance. Amen. And we just thank God as men's day has approached and is here, men walking to please God. That's also women walking to please God. That's children, uh, young and old, walking to please God. That means living to please God. We are bought with a price. How many of you have ever received an inheritance? How many of you would like to receive a great inheritance? What would you do with the inheritance? Would you hold it unto yourself? Would you be prepared to share? Would you just hoard it? What would you do if God blessed you in a way that you, uh, beyond your imagination or some kind of way it came your way, then how would you behave after you received it? How would you conduct yourself? Would you be arrogant and boastful? Or would you be humbled and appreciative? 
Is there a special requirement for you or I to receive an inheritance? Sometimes there are requirements that are set forth uh, before us in order for you to receive the inheritance. You have to go to school. You have to do certain things. If the child does not do, he or she, whoever does not do according to the requirements, they do not get that inheritance. We as children of God, many times we'll sign up for the Christian Jubilee. We'll give our lives to God, but we sometimes have to be careful that we still grow in grace and the knowledge of him. Be careful that we're always working on behalf of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That will be partakers of his inheritance, not just, just give it to me because I'm one of your children. Surely he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. So there's people with more things than you and I have. But we have an eternal inheritance, and that has a requirement that goes along with it. You want to be a partaker of the inheritance of God, but there are certain requirements. And Paul has written a letter to the Colossians, and he's suggesting to them certain things. And we just want to lift a few. There's a lot of good news here in this, in this passage, and we won't be long. We just want to make sure that we have a clear uh, understanding of how it is as children of God. We just don't ride on the boat on our way to heaven. There's some requirements, and I thank God that he gives us standards. We need to be men and women of standard, and we just thank God. He says, I've heard from Epaphras, which is the pastor at Colossae. He said, I heard from Epaphras of your love. I heard about your love in the spirit and how the spirit has caused you to do those acts that you have done, acts of kindness, that therefore you grow in grace. You've been doing the work of the ministry. I've heard about it. Therefore, verse number nine, for this reason, he says also that since the day I heard it, I've been praying for you. How many of you know that somebody, I thank God for somebody that prays for me. Yeah, it was a rough week even on last week, but I just thank God that somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind. And there, there are three things we want to suggest that Paul is giving to them. He said, I, I pray that you are filled with the knowledge of the will of God. He says, I pray that you are filled with wisdom that comes from God. And he says, I pray that Pray that you will have understanding of the things of God. He said, I pray that you would have knowledge and wisdom and understanding. St. Augustine said something very profound. I'll just paraphrase it because I did not document it directly. Uh, but he said that when you dedicate your life to God, when you have given yourself over to God, you'll find that you'll know the will of God. You can do whatever it is that you desire to do. It's going to be in God's will because your life is already dedicated to him. And listen, there's a danger in that particular phrase. Without understanding, we will assume that whatever we do is in God's will. And we'll assume that we have a close relationship with God. So we need to make sure that we cover up that particular loophole and make sure that we, we have a clear 
knowledge of what God's will is. When you're living according to the word of God, you can walk in his will. He'll open up doors for you. He'll do miraculous things for you. But you have to know what God's will is. And that comes to us in the word of God. Wisdom comes from God. It changes your perception and it changes your perspective. What does that mean? It means your perception. People say things to you, but when you have a certain amount of wisdom, how they say it, you can understand where it comes from. You can also have a, a certain discernment and then not react or overreact when foolishness comes your way because your perception, because of the wisdom you have gained from the word of God, you don't belittle yourself. You don't go down to a level. You just understand what it is. When I talk to my grandchildren I talk to them on their level and if they say something uh, I'll, I'll just take it because of their age because of certain things I'll correct them gently and correct them slowly but surely but we have to understand our perception is changed when you have wisdom not only that but our perspective changes. We have a God-like perspective. We see that everything uh, that comes our way is just, 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 just a passing through, if you will. There's a phrase that we've heard it even in the past, don't sweat the small stuff. How many of you heard that? And then there's another phrase that comes behind that says all of it is small. It said don't sweat the small stuff and then all of it is small. Because we have a different perspective. We got from a God-like perspective. Life is temporary. So we can't take it overly too serious. But then we still need to make sure that we handle ourselves. And we want to pray for each other in that way. Pray for a person that, that needs a little bit more knowledge. Pray that they grow in wisdom. Not only that, but pray that they grow in understanding. Write this down. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. I will not read it all. That's an excellent passage. One of my favorites. And it says, you need to have an ear for the wisdom, a heart for understanding. You need to cry for a discernment that comes from God. The voice of understanding that comes from God. You need to seek wisdom like hidden silver or seeking like treasure and then and or like hidden hidden treasure and or silver and then you will understand the fear of the lord you will reverence god once you have wisdom and, and knowledge and i thank god i just love that and james tells us in james chapter 1 verse 5 it says if any of you lack wisdom let him ask god how many of you have asked god for wisdom Many of us ask him for a car, we ask him for a house, listen, you ask him for a mate, you ask him for all kinds of things. How about asking him for wisdom? When he gives you wisdom, you got all the answers. <laughs> yeah, you get the answers to everything, and then you learn how to be content in whatever state that you find yourself. And he says, when you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you liberally. Then he goes a step further in James, and he tells you, don't ask without faith. He said, don't doubt it in your heart. Believe God that you receive it. You'll be a better person. How many of you want people to pray for you? I want God to... I want God to bless me with persons that are around me. You want persons that will be around you that when times get hard, that they would pray for you. 
Paul said, I heard about your love for God. I heard about what you're going through. And he said, I couldn't cease but pray for you because I heard about your circumstances. How many of you have a heart like that? That you care about what other people care about. That you're concerned when they are concerned. Do not get hard. Life will make you hard. You'll go in on your own. You'll, you'll, you'll hibernate by yourself. That's their problem. That ain't my problem. How many of you know that when you have a relationship with God, he'll break your heart for other people? Yeah, he'll make you give of your last because you love people so much. Pray for somebody that's less fortunate than you. Surely we're all going through to a certain degree, but we need to understand that God has given us, he has graced us with the wherewithal. We got a different perception. We got a different perspective. We have wisdom. We have knowledge and we have understanding. Pray for persons in that way. You have lost brothers and sisters, friends and family. You want to pray that God would open their eyes and grant to them that wisdom and knowledge. You have persons in the church that are young. They need the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that comes from God. Not only that, you want to pray for one another. We also want to progress toward Christian maturity. How many of you have grown since you've been in church? You should be growing. I remember we... Uh, we were in church and we just did church. I remember we were in church and you just make it through. You just got to make it through the Sunday school and make it through. Yeah, and we weren't really applying it or even a challenge to apply. You just had church. You just had, you got your praise on. You did some other things. But I just thank God in the name of Jesus when I met him for myself. I say when I met him for myself. When I met him for myself, then he let me know that he kept me by his grace and mercy. He didn't kill me while I was out there in foolishness. Therefore, I began to grow in grace and the knowledge of him. I found out, man, I thought I was learning something, but they, they, they only give you what they could. Somebody say amen. Amen. But then when you know better, then you have to begin to do better. He tells us to walk worthy of the Lord. Or is your activity, is your behavior pleasing to God? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says, I therefore, this talking about Paul, he's a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling. He said, with lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of if you're walking worthy of the Lord, you're trying to not only please God, and when you please God, you'll find that you end up pleasing your brother or your sister. Yeah, when I try and treat, uh, uh, please God, I won't worry about what I can get from you, but what can I do for you? How is it? How is it? How, is, how do people uh, perceive you and I? How do they perceive us when they see us coming? Are we walking worthy? Are we embarrassing God? Whatever you're called to do, he wants you to do it in a, a standard of excellence. Do the best that you can. You say, I'm not the best at it. He said, I didn't ask you to be the best at it. I just asked you to empty yourself and let me work through you. And we'll beat ourselves up because I ain't good at so-and-so and I ain't good at so-and-so. And many times we don't know that so-and-so ain't as good as you think. Whatever that might mean, ladies and gentlemen, we want to walk worthy. Don't.
put it on somebody else. It's my responsibility to walk worthy of the Lord. And then also there's a produce the fruit of good works. How many of you are doing good things for others? How many of us are just finding how we can serve? I love to serve. I love to give away. I love to help. I love God bless me in a certain kind of way, so I use my skills, talents, and ability to help people. And I don't want to get a praise. I don't want the right hand to know what the left hand is doing. Just let me do what I do because I'm trying to make sure I please him. I want to please when they when, when have the works I've done, let them speak for me. I don't, need, I don't need to brag. I don't need to boast. I don't want to talk about any of those things. Just let me do what he told me to do. Produce fruits of good works. John chapter 15, verse 16, write that down. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit shall remain. That whatever you ask of the Father uh, in my name, he will give it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, when we do his work, we can ask for help even uh, wisdom and even knowledge as we try to minister to others. God will bless us in that way. A lot of people take that portion of passage of scripture and we will take it and try and get us some stuff. Name it and claim it. Grab it and have it. He said, no, nah, I'm bless you in, in my name for ministry that you can serve others, that you bear fruit, that you do some good works. Because of your relationship with God, that ought to cause you to do good works. I don't do good works to get to heaven or to receive my inheritance. I do good work because I love God. Have you ever been in love? Have you ever been in love? If you have ever been in love, then you know that you'll do it. It's something on the inside about that person or for that person. You just want to bring them flowers, send them a card, pray for them, call and see how they're doing. When, you, when you're concerned, you'll do it. It comes from the depths of your heart not to receive anything. It's because of your love for them. The same thing we do for God. You produce good fruits and it blesses everybody else's life. Uh, even You got to understand that even when you bless other persons' life, God never leaves you short. He always makes sure that your blessing comes back your way. He always makes sure that you have your needs met. Even the widow that gave her last in the offering, God says she gave more than everybody because she gave everything she had. How many of you know that God made sure that wasn't her last? He, he's not going to stand there and watch you put it all in and just talk about it. He's going to make sure that he provides your need. That when she goes home, she's going to find out that there's something there for her. You cannot give enough. You cannot give more. It's better to give than to receive because you'll find out when you give, God will give to you. The more you give, the more he'll give to you. Walk worthy. Be fruitful. Depend on God's power. How many of you need power that comes from Almighty God? Listen, I can't live right on my own strength. Yeah, I don't have enough power. I, I just don't have it together. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right on the other side of that fruit of the spirit is the flesh. Right? And there's a thin line between love and hate. 
There's a thin line between spirit and flesh. There's a thin line right there. And you need God's power to stay on the Lord's side. In order to resist the temptations that come your way and even my way. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses. You will represent me. You will honor me. You will walk worthy of me. You will produce fruit for me. When you have received my power, because the old spirit that was in me is, is corrupt. The old spirit that is in me will slap you back when you slap me. The old spirit in me has a certain amount of vengeance about it. You got me. You got me that time, but that's going to be the last time. But how many of you know that when you have yielded yourself to God, he drives for you. He talks for you. He talks through you. You are more kind than you would be otherwise. It's because you're pressing toward maturity. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not the same as I used to be. I'm one of those guys that didn't talk that much. But when I get mad, it's on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I cut you. I thought about it. I didn't do it, but I sure, y'all not listening. Yeah, because we put up, and when we get tired, Olana, when we get sick and tired, that's it. Can't nobody stop us. I ain't listening to nobody. I didn't use all my patience up. I asked God for some, and I used that up too. I'm through. You have to have the power of God in order to do, and you have to grow in grace. You're not going to just wake up in the morning and have it all going on. You got to grow in grace in the knowledge of him because this work will drain you. Yeah, this Christian life will drain you. There is, there is a statistic that has been given to me. I'm not sure where it came from. It seems kind of overwhelming, but I will share it with you. It says there are 1,784 pastors that quit every month. They say if your pastor is still pressing on, you need to pray for him or her, whatever circumstance might be. That's a huge number. I'm just like, man, we, do we have that many that can be out of the army on a monthly basis? That seems kind of high. But what I am saying is that the work will beat you up. And they have in, in, in our, in, in, in among preachers, pastors, ministers, don't quit until Tuesday. Because Sunday mornings you get drained, you get to the edge of yourself, you get, you done put up with this, you done dealt with certain things and you're tired in your own spirit and Monday you would be tempted to quit. But it say don't quit till Tuesday because some, something happens through the course of the day. You don't make no decision when you're in the valley. Make no major decisions when you're in the valley of your life. Don't make no major decisions. You wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And something happens when, when weeping endures for a night, their joy comes in the morning. Yeah, on Tuesday morning, say, you know what? I think I'll go back in. <laughs> you know what? I think I'll get another round. You know what I mean? i just go on and hang in. You need power in order to do that. You need God's power. Not only should you walk worthy of the Lord, produce fruit, you need to depend on the, God's power for your life 
and for your ministry. Last of all, ladies and gentlemen, practicing Christ-like characteristics in your daily walk. How many of you are practicing Christ-like characteristics in your day? How many of you are trying? I'm, I'm trying. Oh, hallelujah. We're all trying together. I just want to say amen to that. Amen. But there's something that we want to observe that Paul is suggesting for the Colossians. He's saying to them, you, you guys continue to be patient with one another. You want to be patient with each other. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 12. Verse 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the first one is love. Without love, you know, we have nothing. Without love, we have nothing. You can't even be patient because you don't love folk. We have to have a love that comes from God. Somebody say amen. <laughs> you can move mountains. You can have faith. You can do some miracles. But if you don't have love, it don't mean nothing. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? You have to have love, and then patience is a, one of the greatest attributes we could have. Characteristics, virtues, patience, because folk could get on your nerve, and you got to be patient and long-suffering. Somebody say amen. And that's the next thing there for us. You be patient and long-suffering for those who are not as mature, watch this, as you think you are. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1, it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Long-suffering, and I like verse number 2 because it says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does that mean? Sometimes I have to go on and bear with those who are, who, are, who are working on themselves. If I have a certain amount of maturity, I should be mature enough to know that persons need a little bit more time, a little bit more patience, a little bit more care. Somebody say amen. That's what long-suffering is. It's not putting up. It's just enduring in Jesus' name that persons as they, they come uh, to, to a greater knowledge of him as they're enduring this situation. It's painful on them. You want to ha not have sympathy, but you want to have empathy for them, which means that you feel their pain. You have compassion on them, and you have to ask God for the strength. And I'm not trying to sound like it's magical. I'm saying that you have to have God's strength in order to be long-suffering, and in order to be patient. You have to have a deep breath when you know you're coming into the presence of somebody that gets on your nerve, that really not trying to do better. You got to have God's grace and his mercy on your life. In order for you to be patient and long-suffering. Then it says when you're doing some work, why don't you have a little joy with it? I don't know about you, but I got joy that is unspeakable, full of glory. I got joy on the inside. Somebody say amen. That when I do uh, the best that I can, I give God the glory. And it's a joy that comes not from what's happening on the outside, but it's something on the inside. When I think about how good God has been to me, he didn't kill me when I, when I should have been gone a long time ago. And I got joy when I think about it. 
Yeah, what he has done for me. He said, but the kingdom of God in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17, it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Somebody, how many of you got joy even when ain't nothing going on? How many of you got joy when you just wake up in the morning? How many of you just got joy and just say, well, I ain't that happy like that? You need to start appreciating. When you get another day, you need to give God praise. Because they said it earlier today that somebody didn't get up. Somebody didn't make it this far. But I don't know about you, but I'm going to praise God while I can. And the last thing I want to let you know is that we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful that we are beneficiaries of God's inheritance. I don't know about you, but I thank God that after this journey is over, I do the very best that I can. He says he has a reward for us. He said he's placed you under his son's inheritance. It's because of what his son has done that we benefit from God. That's why we are partakers of his inheritance. What if I told you that your inheritance is already yours even right now? All you need to do is hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. All you have to do is hold on just a little while longer and God is going to work things out. And if you're looking in the last few verses, it says you thank God because he delivered you. Anybody can thank God because he delivered you. He made a way for you. How many of you know that he conveyed or he transformed or he moved his love, moved us into another place because we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't help ourselves, but he delivered us. He transferred us and then he redeemed us. Ladies and gentlemen I was on the auction block but he said no not that one. You were on the auction block. You were in the pit. You were in darkness but he said no not that one. That one. That one's with me. He or she is covered by the blood. Not only did he redeem us then he said I'm going to forgive you. How many of you thank God that he forgives you? The Bible says if you confess your sin he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. How many of you sinned this morning, yesterday, the day before? How many of you know what you did, but you thank God that the building didn't fall down on you? How many of you thank God for his grace and his mercy, his loving kindness towards you? I'm, an, I'm a partaker of his inheritance. I'm going to give him the glory while I can. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to give it all up. I'm going to give him the praise that he truly deserves. Deserve. Is there anybody else here that just want to give God a praise for being so good to them? Give God a praise for another day that you've never seen before. Is there anybody here that can just give God the glory that things are as well as they are? Yeah, it could be worse, but I thank God. I say I thank God for, for, for gracing me with the ability to hold on. Yeah, a little while longer. Sometime after your great experiences sometime after your greatest peak experience you'll fall into a depression ladies and gentlemen but how many of you know that you have to have God on the inside and he'll give you strength when you're about to quit when you're about to give in there'll be something on the inside that's telling me to go ahead I don't know about you is there anybody else here who want to give God the glory thank him for delivering us from that old life we had he gave you an inheritance because of his son. Uh,
You're only in the family because he died for you. You're only in the family because he graced you. Let's do this. Let's make sure that we pray for one another. Let's make sure that we progress in our maturity. Let's make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that we as children of God live to please God. Then we'll find out we are partakers of the inheritance. Let's all stand to our feet now. Let's all stand to our feet. Lift your hands and just say, I surrender all. Brother JT, I want you to come, and I just want you to represent your brother Harry.